Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jake Walbrock, Tommy Caster with you on the program. Your IHOP hotline is back open, 869-1240. It's brought to you by IHOP. Try IHOP's new slow-braised beef pot roast or a savory country fried steak. Chilly out there this morning. Uh, Pot roast, definitely not a bad choice. Uh, All right, we've got one more game on the NFL slate tonight. Uh, Last game of our picks as well. The line has moved toward the Chargers this entire time. Cowboys in LA taking on the Chargers coming off of a bye week. Dallas coming off of a really disappointing performance. I got nothing predictive here, Tommy, because I think these are two of the most unpredictable teams. This would typically be a really good spot for the Chargers, but we know they don't do what they're supposed to do all the time. The Cowboys are really good after they lose. I think like 9-1 and one or something the last few years after a loss. They do tend to bounce back well. But but again, LA's coming off a bye. I don't, I really, like I don't have much for you here um, as far as like what I think will happen. I think the over-under line at 51 is right at the spot where I'm not comfortable on either side of that. I, it, it's a big spot for Dak. I have heard some, you know, people that, you know, watch tape and everything say that it doesn't feel like it, but Dak's actually been really close to being really good. It's just been a tick off there. So I don't know what that means. I just know Dallas can't run the ball. The Chargers don't have a very good defense. Feels like a big spot for Dak. Um, and, and it's really kind of the same on the other side too. Coming out of the bye, the Chargers are fully healthy, Tommy. They get Eckler back now. Not fully healthy. They don't have Mike Williams, but they do get Eckler back. I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what to what to make of this game tonight because these coaches are very unpredictable. I go back to what you said uh, a couple minutes ago about how good Dallas is after a loss. Like think back to the last time they laid an egg earlier this season against the Cardinals. They lost by 12. They came back out the very next week and they throttled the Patriots 38 to three. So they laid an egg last week against the 49ers in primetime. They're primed now to have a really good game against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers are a lot better than the Patriots were uh, when the Cowboys came off their last disappointing loss. So it's a little bit different there. 
but man, like they've got a big opportunity to bounce back. And, and so that's why on Friday in our picks, I, I picked the, the Cowboys. Um, I, I feel like they've got the opportunity to bounce back and to kind of get back on the right side of things. Even with the injuries that they have suffered defensively, they're still a really, really good defense. And, you know, so if they can get some pressure on Justin Herbert, if they can lock down in the secondary, uh, I, I think they're going to have the opportunity to play a really good game tonight. So just even going back to last year, when we talk about Dallas after losses, you know, they, they won every game after they lost last year and sometimes in convincing fashion. Um, but, you know, the opponent that they beat in some of those next games, like last year after a loss, they beat Cincinnati, Detroit, the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Bucks. Okay, so it's not like they're, it's like a luck of the schedule type thing. Like they really do play well coming out of a loss. That makes me want to lean Cowboys tonight. It does. It's It's the whole... Chargers getting a home game, coming out of a bye, getting Eckler healthy. And it's also the, what are the Chargers? Like, what what are they? Who are they? Like, that's the other part of this that's just, you know, it's just crazy, is I don't know what to expect out of them, too. Look, I'll probably, if I, you know, if I get whatever site giving out, like, a bonus or a, a booster or whatever tonight, I'll probably go Cowboys, uh, especially now that the line's just a point and a half. I mean, you know, if there's a booster, I'll probably just take it at the money line and, and boost it up a little bit. But inside the game, it's a CD Lamb game. Like that's the thing about Dallas too that you know is a little unpredictable. Is what do they have? Like what 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 do they have on offense? It doesn't feel like Pollard's going to be able to do much ever because he's just so miscast as a lead bell cow type back. So you know, do the tight ends step it up in this one? Is this a big opportunity for CD Lamb? I think it probably is. Um, and if the line can give Dak time, but you know, we'll see. I, the Cowboys defense is a big question for me too. I, it would be, I'd feel a whole lot better about that defense if they were able to, to give Justin Herbert fits tonight. I get that. I totally understand all of that. Um, you know, the one thing about the chargers and really honestly, both teams that I, I know you referenced it, you call it unpredictable from both of these teams. And that's true. But I think a lot of that unpredictability comes from the way that Mike McCarthy and Brandon Staley manage games, right? Like that's, if we want to be real and fair about yeah. it, like that's where the unpredictability comes totally. from. Totally, It doesn't necessarily come from the play on the field. It comes from the coaching and the game management and the decisions that some of these coaches make. And Mike McCarthy has gotten a bad rap for a long time about all of that. But really, I think that he's been surpassed as far as like terrible decisions in game by Brandon Staley. Brandon oh, Staley, definitely. I think, is significantly worse. Yeah. And so I don't know about significant, but that, Staley's the poster boy right now. If I you're going to power rank like terrible in-game management, Brandon Staley's up there. Josh McDaniels is up there. And then probably Mike McCarthy, I would say, comes in third. I mean, it's still not good. It's not a good Mount Rushmore you want to be on. But, man, like I'm, that's what I'm really looking forward to in this game is you know it's going to come down to some really critical play, some really critical decision that's made, whether it's timeout management, clock management, whatever it is. And one of these guys is going to royally like screw the pooch, and it's, it's probably going to be Staley. They both, again, McCarthy has a good history of getting back to it uh, when when push comes to shove. But that game uh, is tonight. 
I, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I do think it'll be entertaining. I'm excited about the matchup. I'm excited to watch Justin Herbert, you know, try to continue to be one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Let's let's switch gears a little bit here, Tommy, and talk about the college football weekend. We talked about K-State and KU. Elsewhere, though, it was a moderately big weekend full of pretty big matchups. Um, and, and, you know, clearly Washington makes the big, you know, makes the big statement, right? Washington gets the win. They take down Oregon. That was a fun um, game to watch. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. The other, the other big one is is Notre Dame bounces back and gets the big win for themselves. Now with two losses, you wonder if they're going to have enough, but they do bounce back and boy, they they put USC down. They they dominated in that game, and so. You know, Caleb Williams comes in, plays a big defense, and, you know, I, I think a little of the shine is wearing off of Caleb Williams just a little bit. USC is so – Tommy, Notre Dame wins 48-20. to 48-20, to 20, top of your head. How many total yards of offense do you think Notre Dame had in that game? Oh, yeah. I mean, like you would think off the top of your head it's like 400-plus. 250. Yeah. 250. Oh, Three yeah. interceptions by Caleb Williams. I mean, the that's, Notre Dame defense, they put Caleb Williams through a blender yeah. in that game, yeah. right? And so, and that's what Notre Dame hangs its hat on. What they do, I thought yeah. USC, I thought the USC explosive uh, offense potential would ultimately come through. I picked uh, USC in our picks on Friday, but man, like that's impressive from Notre Dame bouncing back from that. Sam Hartman didn't have to do much. He only threw for like 120 some yards, had a couple touchdowns, but he didn't have to do a whole lot because again, Notre Dame leaned on their defense, and, and that's really what worked for them. Yeah, that was. I thought that was big. I don't know if they can play themselves back into it. Probably, probably can, uh, because I just don't know. You know what what's going to roll out there? Another big one, and this was interesting, maybe regionally for some folks. Missouri with a massive win over Kentucky on the road. Missouri now sits six and one. Uh, how about Mizzou? Good for them, right? To bounce back. Everyone thought, you know, there was a point in this season, and we probably said it too, like of the region, boy, they got to be worried there. Drinkwood's got to be worried because yeah. KU and K-State are just lapping them. And it's like, well, no, probably they're, they're actually not. The, the K- Missouri is is doing a great job right now. They are. And they have uh, they've turned things around. Brady Cook has looked pretty solid. And the fact that they found themselves back in the top 25, they're ranked 20 now. This week at six and one overall, man, like it, it wasn't that long ago. And I honestly think I go back to the K State game in Columbia. If Kansas State wins that game, then I think that more people are calling for Eli Drinkwitz's head at that point. Like that, that's a that's a crucial turning point I think in the season for the Tigers. And they win that game on the last second field goal, and then all of a sudden, just they start reeling off wins. And that's what Missouri has done. And I mean, they could very, they could very easily find themselves, you know, battling at least in the SEC West, you know, battling for a championship there. Tommy, who do you think sits in second place right now in the Big Twelve standings? Uh, West Virginia. No, they're they're tied for third. Iowa okay. State. Iowa State's three and one in the Big Twelve. This mm. has been very, very interesting. As the Big 12 has played itself out. And, you know, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State are a combined. Those three teams, right, that we thought were going to be terrible at one point in the year are a collective seven and three, 
right now. They're all on the top half. And I don't know what to make of that because I don't think it's fool's gold, right? They're they're winning games, but it's a real – like I, the Big 12 this year, and it may stay top-heavy with Oklahoma and Texas. That won't surprise me. But that middle of the pack, it, it is going to be fascinating to watch that play itself out this year and the and the maneuvering among that next tier of teams. And you can count out Cincinnati at this point. I don't know if I'm quite ready to count out UCF. Uh, Houston had just an absurd win on a last-second Hail Mary, counting them out of being relevant. Baylor, to this point, I think fits that mold in BYU. And I think that's it. Like, I think that bottom five now, and again, I'm not totally convinced UCF can't kind of get in there, but it is a jumbled mess in that league. And I know it's not like the best football we've ever seen be played in the league by any means, but it will, if nothing else, be really entertaining, I think, down the stretch as we watch KU and K-State try and make their play to get into the title game. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the key point from what you just mentioned is that it's not the best conference, not even anywhere close to the best conference in college football. Uh, but, man, it's entertaining because you've got kind of a jumbled mess, like you mentioned. Um, if you want to look at one of the best conferences, man, the Pac-12 continues to be fun. I know that we talked about Washington and Oregon briefly. How about the Friday night game with Colorado and Stanford? I mean, just in insane. Uh, I texted you Saturday morning. I went to bed. It was halftime. I did not. I was tired. I fell asleep with Colorado having a 29 to nothing halftime lead and thought, okay, well, you know, clearly Colorado is putting their foot on the throat of Stanford and, and the Cardinal looked really bad in the first half. And then I wake up all of a sudden and Stanford is one in double overtime. What the heck? I, I watched it. I watched it. Uh, I had Colorado. I actually loved Colorado as a bet in that game. And it looked, they were up 29, nothing. So we're, you know, out there doing high school football, by the way, shout out to Cheney for the huge oh, win on Friday night incredible. over Andale. Uh, Andale's run shout out to Andale for the run that they put together just a just a really awesome moment for you know all of us Friday night so we're we're going through all that and it's like 29 nothing as we're coming off set and I'm like okay Colorado's gonna you know they're gonna pay everything's gonna be good they did what I thought they would do I didn't think Stanford was very good and then I get home and I just kind of check the scoreboard on my phone and I was like wait a minute 29 whatever it was 29 26 like what's happening and I watched that catastrophe happen um and they let it go that was a big 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 that was by far the biggest letdown for Colorado and I saw something after the game from Prime about you know try not to pay any attention now to the to the noise all the positive attention and energy we've had so far is about to turn around and go the other way and he said don't get mad about it because it's true like it's all correct like he's owning it well, he is because it is. And just like that level of honesty, he, it, it's like he's not – I don't even know how to define what it is, like what it feels like to me. He he treats his players as peers, I think, is what it feels like to me. And I could be – that could be off, but it just – like there's a there's an approach that he has that's just a little bit different. Like, like we're – like we're working professionals, like – you know, clearly I'm in charge and I call the shots, but I'm going to talk to you like you're my own teammates in a locker room as much as anything else. Like these people are going to come at you on social media and they're right. You deserve it. 
Now deal with it. You know, how do you deal with that? Deal with it the right way because it's coming and it's true and it's warranted and it is and this is reality for us. And, you know, I, I think that's all really interesting. It's unfortunate. It probably really hurts their chances at a bowl game and those kinds of things to let that one go, sort of like KU and, and Oklahoma State, quite frankly. But we'll see how they bounce back from it. But, man, I, I just love his approach and the way that he, you know, the messages that he puts out there to his players because they're just, they're genuine. One of the things that he said in post game uh, that I really stuck with me is, you know, he was talking about his players and he said, you know, we've got some players that, you know, I'm not sure they're in love with the game. They're in like with the game. And that's yeah. the thing about prime is that he's so quotable. You know, he's got all of these phrases that you're like, man, like he's a great speaker. We've known that for 30 years, you know, how good he is in that regard. Uh, but he's true. It's true. He's right in that in that aspect. The thing that I think will get lost in the shuffle, let's just say that everything sort of falls apart and, you know, that collapse is kind of the turning point and things go south for the Buffaloes for the rest of the season. Keep in mind, they were projected to do absolutely nothing this year yeah. in their win total, and they basically have already met or sur surpassed those expectations through the first month of the season, right? And so, like, even if things fall apart from here on out, and they very well could, and and I think that there are some things, football uh, speaking wise, fundamentally wise, that are are falling apart and kind of being exposed a little bit from this team. Don't let that uh, get in the way of what he's been able to do as far as changing the culture very quickly in Colorado. Sure. It, it, look, it it's going to get tough for them. They got to go to UCLA. They host Oregon State. Arizona just got a big win against Washington State where they have to travel, and then they got to go to Utah. I mean, they're not going to be favored probably in any of those games. I, I don't think they'll be a favorite the rest of the way. You know, so, they found themselves in the top 25 at one point this season. They found themselves with, you know, big primetime games, tons of eyeballs, most viewed games. And, of course, yeah, that's the coach prime effect, but also – you know, he led them to a big upset against TCU to kick off the season yeah. that nobody expected. They beat Nebraska like they they've had some really, really, really high moments. And I, I think that, you know, as this program is moving forward, assuming that Coach Prime returns next year, I think he probably will. Uh, they've set themselves up, even if things go south the rest of the way, set themselves up for a good season next year for sure. Well, it goes back to what we talked about with KU last year, right? And and by the way, I think Colorado's got a big upset in them at some point down the stretch here. Like, they'll win one of the – I don't think they're going winless. But it's like what we brought up, or at least I did, time and time again last year with KU. Like, this is really shiny at the beginning. At any point, does reality set in here? And if it does, does the momentum keep pace with where it was? Now, for KU, I, I think that it did. I think it did keep up. And for Colorado, on campus, it will. Um, for networks and TV exposure and all those things, I still think it probably will because we are fascinated by Prime. And, and even more than him, and this is where I like where things are headed, at least with the tone, it's it, not even as much him, well, it's both of these things. It's very much him. But it's also how good Shadur Sanders is. Like That dude is a good football player. It's also that, and I hope this happens, like Travis Hunter is back now. 
it's what can he do as a two-way player. Like, some of the things we were looking at those first couple of weeks where we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I think those will come back in, and, yep. and they have remained as much of a part of the conversation as the coach himself. So we'll see. Colorado, I, I think they'll remain interesting. As long as they just don't start getting boat raced by everybody, which, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they'll be okay to keep the momentum headed right into next year when they join the Big 12, which will be fun for everybody. All right, Tommy, let's give away some Thunder hockey tickets. What have you got for us? Yeah, this week, Friday night in Trust Bank Arena, the Thunder kick off their season against the Kansas City Mavericks. We've got a family four-pack of tickets to opening night this Friday night. Family four-pack to our third caller right now. It is hockey season, everybody. Jad will catch us a winner. We'll come back. We'll have more Sports Daily right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 